Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for, with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. And welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time with you once again today. As you know, I am always on the hunt for interesting as well as super smart Real Deal guests. And I got to tell you, today I got a superstar for you. I want to introduce my listeners to somebody who's truly been there and done that. And I'm excited to pick his brain for both your and my own benefit today. Now, for the folks who I work with in any of my coaching programs or through Powerful Words, Character Development, All-Star Cheer Sites or the Jason's Army Mastermind Group, you know how much I focus on the importance of developing successful habits, right? Well, this show is going to help us to do just that. So today it's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. He's got a ton of valuable information about something I consider to be one of the major sticking points with so many business owners. So strap yourself in. Today's show is going to be a blast. As I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful, enjoy your career more, and in general, make your life significantly more fun. As you know, we only get one rider around this merry-go-round, and uh, we want to make sure it's one hell of a ride, right? Alrighty, boys and girls, it is now that time. I want you to stop surfing Facebook, put away your phone, your tablet, your dog, your cat, your spouse, your significant other, anything that might possibly distract you from today's show. You're about to get some great and immediately implementable information, and I don't want you to miss even a second of it. So, before we officially get going, let me give you a little bit of background about our guest today. Derek Decker is a multiple, number one, best-selling personal development, business, and fitness author. His books include the award-winning books, The Healthy Habit Revolution and Breakthrough Your BS. He helps busy entrepreneurs break through psychological barriers to greater success and create more effective habits in just five minutes a day. Wow. Definitely the real deal in my book. So, Derek, welcome to The Real Deal. I'm thrilled to have you. Yeah, Jason, I'm thrilled to be here. Fabulous. So, hey, listen, before we get started, you know, for those who haven't had the opportunity and pleasure of either meeting you, hearing you speak, or read your books yet... Take a second, share your story with our listeners. What are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is Derek Depker? Well, I'm passionate about empowerment, enlightenment, and compassion. Those are something that I've identified as my heart virtues. And I realize that that's really what drives everything that I do, especially empowerment, because I had a lot of self-imposed limiting beliefs and limitations that I've put on myself over the years that I've, that I've broken through and realized that I'm capable of a lot more than I gave, give myself credit for. And I also see those around me that I love, how much more they're capable of. And so, uh, it's, frustrating whenever I see uh, people I care about that have that have held themselves back from the potential that I see in them. And then at the same time, it's so rewarding to see them overcome those barriers and break through uh, their BS and going on that theme uh, and 
live into their into their greater potential. So uh, that's what I do. That's what I'm, I'm passionate about. And my background, though, was was not as an author or as a as a writer or as a business person in any way. It was a musician. So I grew up playing guitar, a rock guitar player. Got my degree in music composition uh, from Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee, and then came out to Los Angeles back in 2011 to become a rock star. And so my journey in a nutshell was was struggling uh, to pay the bills. It was being a broke valet parker and uh, playing in a, in a rock band, looking for a way to be able to pursue my passion, which was music, as well as actually be able to pay the bills and support myself. So that got me on my journey of entrepreneurship, starting an online business where I could share my passion for health and fitness and personal development and earn an income from it. So struggled for a few years, uh, spent a lot more money than I ever made, put in thousands of hours with probably a, a negative return on my time and money. Uh, eventually, though, uh, through some some insights and I'm sure some things that I'm going to be sharing today, was able to create a, a successful business, uh, write a book that went on to become a number one bestseller in fitness and then repeat that process with multiple bestselling books. And that brings me to uh, to where I'm at now, which is helping other entrepreneurs, helping really actually anyone that's that's committed to more success in all areas of life, overcome uh, their limiting beliefs, their fears, the things that have, have used to hold me back uh, so much and share how I was able to break through some of those things, how I continue to break through those things. And then what I've discovered uh, works with, with my clients and those that I work with uh, to really help anyone uh, that's, that's committed to it overcome the inner blocks to greater success. I love this. This is, this is going to be fabulous. Let's do this then. Um, I got a bunch of questions here, so let me let me run through these because I think this is going to be helpful not just for uh, for me, selfishly speaking, but also for the folks uh, tuning in today. So, what what's a micro commitment, and you know why is the secret to creating better habits? So, the micro commitment. Uh, before I even explain what it is, let's, let me explain one of the big obstacles that I see for, I'd say, probably 90 plus percent of the population. And that is, they say they're going to do something, a little voice comes in their head that says, oh, really? Like, how many times have you told yourself you were going to do that and you failed? So a typical example would be like a New Year's resolution. person sets a New Year's resolution to get in better shape, and they want to do it, but a little voice comes in and says, uh, you've said you were going to do that before, and it didn't work out. Look how many times you failed. Uh, a business owner says that they're going to scale things up or they're going to do something, and they remember all their past failures and all the times they told themselves they were going to do something and didn't follow through. So what happens is we, a lot of people have low self-trust, and that means you, you can identify this in yourself if you make a commitment to do something and you really start to doubt your ability to follow through on that. So if that's something that a person is experiencing, then the way to get back that trust is through the micro-commitment, which I'm going to explain in a moment. And the way a micro-commitment works is just the way a uh, we regain trust in another person. So if someone... Uh, consistently shows up late uh, that you know in your life, or you can imagine someone consistently shows up late, and then all of a sudden they tell you, "I'm gonna, I'm really committed now. I'm gonna start showing up on time." Well, if they show up on time 
the next time you meet them uh, for a daily meeting, let's say, do you suddenly instantly believe that they've they've had a change of heart and completely trust them to show up on time? Of course not. Of course not. Yeah. You know, because it's one time. Well, what if they show up on time now, you know, for the next five days? Do you have a little bit more trust or the same, or do you completely trust them? Kind of where are you at at that point? So you're getting there. It's a, it's a slow build. It's a slow build. Exactly. So you're starting to regain trust in them. But, it, you know, what if, well, let's say they showed up 20 minutes early, you know, uh, one day. Do you, like, now have total trust because they showed up extra early? We're starting to get there. Starting to get there. Exactly. So they can show up earlier. They can start to show up, you know, uh, a few times. But it really doesn't regain trust until you see consistency across time. So that's the key to regaining trust in someone else. Now, what if they show up on time every single day for the next year? Are you pretty sure that on day 366 that are you feeling pretty good that they're going to show up on time at that point? I am, sure. Absolutely. So you regain trust in someone else by seeing that they consistently follow through on their commitments. It's not about them even over-delivering. It's just about their consistency. So that's what we, we need to do with ourselves to rebuild self-trust is we make commitments to ourselves that we can start to follow through on. And that means the moment a person makes a commitment that there's a chance they're going to start failing on it, it just it takes away that self-trust even more and it creates even more distrust. So on a practical level, I'm going to use, you know, I'm big into health and fitness. So the person who says, I'm going to work out for five, uh, five days a week for 30 minutes every single day. And that's my commitment. Well, the week that they fail to do that, they only work out four days that week or the week that they don't do 30 minutes a day or whatever it is. As soon as that happens and they don't follow through, they go, look at it. I failed myself again. Uh, I didn't follow through. And it erodes that self-trust versus making a micro-commitment. A micro-commitment is saying, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to work out at least five minutes a day for five days a week. Because what happens here is they can still do the 30-minute workout or they can still work out for seven days a week or they can still do whatever. But by making a commitment that's smaller and that they know they can follow through on, then even if it's you know day number uh, seven in the week, they've only worked out for four days that week and they're about to go to sleep, they know, well, at least I can get in my fifth workout for five minutes before I go to sleep, even if it's just standing here doing some jumping jacks or some push-ups because – they're going to follow through. They're going to follow through on their commitment and they regain that self-trust. So the micro commitment is the way to create a habit by doing a small little bit each day to build that up. I, no matter what, uh, you know, I'm going to do 30 seconds of meditation each day. No matter what, I'm going to reach out to one new prospect in my business, or I'm going to read one page in a book, or I'm going to listen to 10 minutes of, of an audio program. And you take these small targets. So you do it every single day. What happens is you get momentum and that momentum generates motivation to want to do even more. That's the first part of the micro commitment. It's important to create a new habit. And the second part of why a micro commitment is so powerful is because if a person has fallen off track, it's the way to get back on track. If I come back from a vacation and I'm like a little bit out of my routine and maybe I haven't worked out uh, in seven days or done as much, then I can say, you know what? I'm not quite feeling as into it, but can I at least do just five minutes today? Of, uh, of a workout and then I can do more if I'm up to it. And what do you think happens if a person says, 
you know, can I just do five minutes of an exercise program and see how I feel? How do you think they're going to be feeling after five minutes? Well, of it's, it's addictive. So five minutes turns into 10, which turns into 20 and just keeps growing. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's perfect because the five minutes, you know, if I'm sitting there watching Netflix, eating ice cream, and I've been sitting there for like two hours and I go, do I want to get up and go do an hour long intense workout? My answer is more than likely no. My brain's going to find a way to talk me out of it. But if I go, well, can I just do get up and do, uh, you know, 30 seconds of jumping jacks and then I, I can quit if I want after that. I play that little mind game. I make that small little micro commitment. I get up and I do the 30 seconds. Well, now my body's in motion. Now I'm no longer doing what I was doing. Now I'm engaged in exercise, and it's a lot easier to keep going with whatever you're currently doing. So now that I'm up and I'm moving, I go, well, can I just do another 30 seconds of you know some push-ups and then see how I feel, and then I can quit if I want. Well, now I do 30 seconds of push-ups. Well, now I've got a minute of exercise. Now I might go, okay, well, can I just give myself another five more minutes uh, of, some, of some exercise? Then I can quit after that, right? <laughs> well, because you just keep playing these little mind games, next thing you know, after five minutes, I I'm not even thinking about it. Like the thought of going back to doing what I was doing before is less appealing than going, you know what? Screw it. Why don't I just go ahead and do a, a 30 minute or an hour long workout? And now it feels easy and effortless. I might not even have to talk myself into it at that point. I naturally want to do it because that's where I have the momentum going. So it's more about just breaking that momentum with these small little micro commitments uh, and then keep going. For me, cleaning my apartment, it starts with, can I just take one minute to clean off my desk and then see, you know, then I can go back to surfing Facebook. Well, once I clean my desk for a minute, I feel like that sense of accomplishment. I'm in that action. And then I just naturally, oftentimes, more times than not, keep going with whatever I was doing that I started with just a small little micro commitment. I love that. Makes total sense too. So talk, talk a second about delayed gratification. You know, it's something that I've always talked to my children about because you know, whether it's being at Chuck E. Cheese and saying, no, you don't want to actually use 200 tickets to buy that two and a half cent piece of plastic thing. Um, maybe you want to save them up for something else. What, you know, how does delayed gratification, um, a bad idea for creating better habits? So what the research has shown is that, um, those who can delay gratification oftentimes have a lot more uh, success in life. So the way they look at this, you know, how long can the can the kid go without the candy? I think it was uh, in some of the research. And so, like you rightly pointed out, uh, if we go for just these quick fixes, the, this, you know, well, the ice cream tastes good, or sitting here, uh, you know, for me, it's you know, surfing Facebook instead of uh, reading a, a book or something. You know, it's like these short-term little hits and fixes. Um, you know, they can be so appealing, but they keep us from greater success in the long term. So this ability to delay gratification is often put out there as a key to success. And in some ways, it is. However, we want to take a step back and look at the bigger picture and and see what's really happening with people who have built a, you know, let's say a successful business or they've, you know, really improved their body or whatever it is that they've had success in. We find with habits is that in order for something to become a habit, there needs to be a reward associated with it 
right at the same time or right at the end of the behavior. So this is built in to something like eating ice cream. I come home from a busy day. I'm feeling stressed out. That's kind of the trigger. Then I eat the ice cream. And as soon as the ice cream enters my mouth, my brain fires with dopamine from the sugar and from the fat. And I go, ooh, this feels so good. I feel so much better. My stress is relieved. So it's really easy for something like that to become a habit because it's that instant gratification, that instant fix. Well, what about something like uh, you know, working, you know, writing, I'm a writer. And so that's one of the ways I grow my business, you know, writing an article, right? Um, that that's not going to have a short term payoff. That's not going to make me any money. That's not really going to have an instant fix for me and my life and my business. So it feels like I have to delay gratification in order to just discipline myself to do that. Well, if I want to make it a habit though, it doesn't work in the brain for me to feel rewarded three months later from the work that I did there. In order for it to become a habit, I need that same instant gratification, that same instant fix, that dopamine rush associated with the behavior. Or for exercise, I need to feel good as soon as I'm done exercising or while I'm exercising in order for it to become a habit or anything else that we want to do with meditation or reading or listening to a podcast like this that's going to better my life. I need to feel good right then, right there and have an instant fix. So how does this work with things that aren't going to give you like the automatic sugar rush dopamine hit in your brain? Well, the beautiful and empowering thing is we can create a positive state on demand. And the way this is done, one way, is to just take a moment to soak in a feeling of accomplishment and to change your physiology. So if I write, uh, let's say I write an article or I write, uh, you know, a couple, a chapter in my next book, when I'm done, I might just, I put a smile on my face, I'll do a fist pump, I might be like, yes, I feel so good about it. And I actually, it sounds kind of funny, but I actually get myself into a positive emotional state and connect that with what I had just done. And so research shows you if you put a smile on your face, what happens? You actually start to feel better. If you put your arms up in the air like you're successful and you put on great music and you move your body and you smile and you go, you know, how proud do I feel? How, how grateful am I for what I just did? Why does it feel, you know, why does it feel so good to be moving my life in a better direction? And you feel good about what you just did, then your brain starts to connect the behavior, the positive behavior with that positive feeling associated with it that you can create on demand. So it takes a little willpower. It takes a little bit of conscious effort at first, but then eventually it becomes linked. And this is why if you see a person who has, let's say, um, exercise as a part of their lifestyle and they love it, whereas some people hate it, well, the people who love it, yeah, the exercise might be a little painful or it might be a little bit of physical effort, but they feel that sense of accomplishment. They feel rewarded. They feel inherently good about what they're doing. So it doesn't matter. It's not even about uh, what their body is going to look like three months from now. It's not even about necessarily an outcome. It's just about that lifestyle and going through the process and feeling good about being engaged and what's going to make them better in their health, in their business, in their finances, whatever it is. There's a positive feeling associated with the process and not just an outcome that happens weeks, months, or even years down the road. I love that. So, Obviously, in your book, um, Healthy Habits Revolution, you know, you talk about the force stronger than willpower. Is this what you're talking about here? 
So this is uh, the force stronger than willpower is something that affects us all. And it's not even um, – it's somewhat dependent on your personality, but everyone, no matter how self-disciplined you are – I consider myself a fairly self-disciplined person – is going to be influenced by something that's outside of themselves. And what it is – is your environment. So it's, it's Yogananda who says environment is stronger than willpower. And I looked at that and it's, it's so true that even for the most self-disciplined people, if you put someone in an environment uh, where all the people around them are committed to uh, taking themselves to their limits or to, to their maximum potential. So let's say someone who goes into a boot camp environment, you know, maybe they're in the military and their teammates are depending on them. If they slack off, then like the whole group suffers or they'll be the one that's holding everyone else back. What you see in an environment like that is people are going to step up or a parent who has, has kids. If the parent, you know, doesn't go, uh, if, if they sleep in and they don't, you know, do the things they need to do and now all of a sudden they're going to lose their job and their kids aren't going to be taken care of or whatever. When a person has an environment where like they just need to be at their, uh, need to accomplish something or do something because other people are depending on them or looking at them or, or whatever it is, they're going to step up. But if a person doesn't have, um, the environment that supports them or even worse, they have a negative environment where they go and everyone around them is saying, you can't do that. Uh, if they have an environment of people who are um, struggling, let's say, financially and who are broke, and that's all they see and all they expose themselves to, well, it's going to be really hard for them to see what else they're capable of. And so we we model what's in our environment. It's how we learn as babies. We learn to walk by what we observe by what's in our environment through mere neurons. And as adults, yes, we can fight against our environment. Yes, we can succeed in spite of an environment. Uh, but that's just using a lot of willpower when it makes a lot more sense to simply shift our environment and create an environment that uplifts you and shows you what's possible and gives you something to model. Now, with that being said, I fully realize that some people are going to have, quote unquote, negative influences in their environment that they, you know, it wouldn't be practical to change it. Maybe it's because of family members or coworkers or, or whatever it is. The beautiful thing and the empowering thing is you can almost always bring in positive influences to the environment. And when you're, as you're listening to this now, you've already done something. You've already noticed something that will improve your life through your environment. And that is listening to this podcast. This podcast is part of your environment. It's an outside influence coming in to your ears, coming into your senses, and giving you information about things that you can do to improve your life, giving you examples of people who maybe you can relate to on some level who, despite having similar challenges you have, they've succeeded. And then it creates this sense of, you know, if they can do it, I can do it. It's one of the most powerful environmental influences or positive role models who you can relate to who face similar limitations and challenges and obstacles. They've overcome it. And then it starts to create a sense if you expose yourself to that enough times that, you know what, how can I have any excuses? You know, if I see people with the exact same excuses I 
have are the exact same, you know, challenges that I have, and yet they've managed to succeed, then logically, eventually your brain goes, well, I guess I must be able to do it too if I can just do something similar uh, to what they've done. So environment, create the environment that's going to up-level your life and going to uh, – increase your uh your chances of success that's the first place to look is shifting your environment uh in consciously creating an environment that's going to support you fabulous i love that on so many levels um one more question for you i gotta know is you know in your book break through your bs you know you talk about case study mindset as the most powerful approach you've discovered for making sure projects get done can you explain you know how does this work so case study mindset is a term that I, I put onto something that I had done unknowingly. Uh, I combined a few different uh, pieces together uh, for motivation that I looked at what are like the biggest, most challenging projects that I've taken on that I've gotten done and that I've had the, the best results. Um, what separated those projects from the things that where I would – tell myself I would do it and I maybe kind of halfway got into it but but never really fully went all in and, and didn't really have anything uh, to show for those projects. So what was the difference? And I found that it's when I, when I adopted this attitude of case study mindset. So what I mean by this is to give an example, when I wrote um, my – actually my last book, Breakthrough Your BS, which is uh, – it kind of became – interesting that I did this with that book and then it became a part of the book was I said, okay, when I launch this or when I write and launch this book, I'm going to create a case study out of it for other authors. I'm going to share with them what I did with this book in terms of how I wrote it, what I'm going to do to market it, what works, what doesn't work and so on. And what happens is I noticed that I was much more willing to take risks with this book and try experimental things or do something, invest money into it that I wouldn't normally invest into trying different advertising platforms or all these different things because I knew that whether it worked or it didn't work, it would all be part of a case study that would help others. And so here's the beautiful thing. A lot of times uh, people will do more to help others than they will to help themselves. We'll sacrifice more if we have people depending on us than we will if, if it's just about me and myself. So we get outside of ourselves. And when a person gets outside of themselves, they get outside of their own fear. So to give an example, would you run into you know a burning building uh, to save the life of a loved one? Or would you at least risk your life if a loved one, if you had to do it to save a loved one. And for many people, they would go, yeah, I'd be willing to at least take some risk or risk my well-being or my safety if I needed to, to save a spouse or to save a kid or to save my best friend or to save someone's life. So the fear is still there, but now there's something more powerful than the fear, and that is the love of another person. So with that same idea, if I can turn what I do in my life into a case study that I use to help others, now all of a sudden it's not just about me and my own concerns, it's how is doing this going to help someone else? So you see this with a person who uh, creates a case study on their weight loss journey, for instance. They document what they're doing, what's working, what's not working. They create like a blog or a video blog documenting their 90-day their weight loss journey or whatever. So when they create a case study out of it, now all of a sudden 
their successes are something that helps others. But the beautiful thing is their failures still help others, still show others what not to do. Or they go, you know, this didn't work for me. They now start to analyze why it didn't work. So then when they present it as part of their case study, they can use it to to help other people and say, here's what I did. It didn't really work. And so here's what I'm doing differently now. And here's what I would I would maybe suggest to you or what you could take away from it. So the case study mindset gets a person out of the fear of failure because even a failure is a successful lesson. Even a failure helps the case study in terms of, uh, of actually improving it and giving people, uh, you know, a lot of data of here's things that are working, not working and so on. So with that, I noticed that if I can just adopt the attitude that whatever I do is a case study and as long as I take uh, the information and share it with others in terms of what works, what doesn't work, what I, what I might do differently now going forward, now I have this unstoppable motivation to, um, to go all in and go all in knowing that other people are going to be looking at what I'm doing and therefore I now become accountable to others. Uh, so it, it combines so many different aspects of accountability, of overcoming the fear of failure. If you take what you're doing and adopt the attitude that I'm going to teach others and take my experience of what I'm doing, turn it into a case study and teach others. And even if it's just as a mindset, whether you literally go out and teach others or share it as a case study or, or not, if you have that mindset that someday a person might want to know what I did, what worked and what didn't work, then you get that sense of it's not just about me, it's also about serving others, and therefore you overcome a lot of those own sort of inner barriers uh, and blocks that could that could hold a person back if it was just about themselves. Fabulous, absolutely fabulous. What a what a what a great opportunity to kind of take yourself out of the equation, like depersonalize it, and go straight for the results. It's, it's brilliant on, on every level. So, all right, it is time for our resource of the week. So. Tell me this, how can my listeners find out more about you and how you go about helping entrepreneurs to succeed? You can find me, uh, reach me personally, info at excuseproof.com. Uh, so that's my email. Uh, my website uh, where you can find some of my books and, and fitness advice is excuseproof.com. And I also have a, the audio book of the award-winning Healthy Habit Revolution uh, for your listeners. So uh, normally that's about, uh, I believe, like $10 on Audible here to get it. But you can get it free by going to excuseproof.com slash healthy habit audiobook. Fabulous. So E-X-C-U-S-E-P-R-O-O-F.com and then excuseproof.com slash healthy habit audiobook. Exactly. Fabulous. Folks, um, the minute this is done, go, go grab that. Um, this is a no brainer. Like I've got like four pages of notes here myself. So fabulous. All right, Derek, I always love to uh, end my podcast with, you know, what I consider to be a telling question. So if you could give business owners really just one solid piece of advice to either help their business or more importantly, to help them to live a better life, what would that piece of advice be? The one piece of advice which will help a person with pretty much everything that I mentioned here today. Uh, we talk about environment and accountability, talk about modeling success, uh, talk about overcoming um, our, our own limitations, which also means being able to see our own blind spots, which obviously we can't see our own blind spots. That's why it's a blind spot. Uh, there's one thing that will basically handle 
everything all together wrapped up into into one simple single action step that you can take. And the single action is to get a mentor, get a coach, because the mentor or coach will, you know, a mentor or consultant in particular will have the knowledge and experience that you need. And uh, a coach, at least, who might not have the specific knowledge, can at least help you uncover creative answers, can see the things that you can't see, can ask you the probing questions. And if a person's accountable to the mentor or coach, uh, they're going to show up. They're going to know that they have someone that's checking in on them, making sure they're doing what needs to be done. And the investment into the mentor or coach means that a person becomes um, invested in making sure that they get a return on investment for the coaching. So it's like if I'm getting, if I'm hiring a mentor, I want to make sure I follow through so my time, energy, and money invested uh, gets a return on investment rather than goes to waste. So the the mentor, consultant, um, you know, just hiring that, that will take care of uh all of, I mean, just about all of these limiting areas and ways that a person holds themselves back. Uh, and it will also, especially if the mentor or coach has been in a similar position that you're, that you're currently in and has found a way to overcome it, they can guide you through that process. So you take your own thoughts and limitations out of the equation and their belief in you will actually help build your own belief in yourself. So that's the one simple thing that I could recommend to really any entrepreneur and really anyone uh, in life. And if you yourself coach others, if you uh, run a business, if you have other people that come to you and see you as an expert, then you know firsthand um, the impact that you have on others by being a guide. And it only makes sense for guides and trainers and teachers to have their own guides and teachers. I love that. Get a coach, folks. <laughs> Best advice ever. <clears throat> Derek, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. I know how busy your schedule is, and I really appreciate you joining me today and sharing some of your time and, and some of your wisdom with us. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity, and I, I always love sharing uh, my experience and the advice I have with, with entrepreneurs. And it really comes from a place that you know I've, I'm not you know smart enough to figure this all out myself. It's come because I've listened to other mentors and coaches and podcasts and books and, and things. So I just uh, I've taken it all in. It's helped change my life, and so now I I put it back out into the world uh, to help others who who also need to hear it. The world needs it. Thank you. Folks, that is all the time we've got today. Thanks so much for tuning into The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more info about private coaching or to see if you'd benefit from one of my mastermind groups, visit me over at www.jasonmsilverman.com. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you truly deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. Set a goal, make a plan, work like hell towards it, and achieve the success that you truly deserve. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen. This has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com. 